0: During the past two decades, I've helped more than a 1,000 entrepreneurs start and grow their businesses. So get that pen and paper ready or open up the notes app on your phone. It's time to build your ideal financial coaching business. Welcome back to Financial Coaches Network, the podcast. Emily, what are we talking about today?
1: Today, we're going to talk about something that doesn't come up very often, um, but it did come up a few times and people have um, relatively strong opinions I'd say either way. So it's client referrals. So um, yeah. how do I encourage people to, or former, either current clients or former clients to refer other people to me? And so I want to talk about kind of two aspects of this and then we'll talk about like what you recommend essentially at the end. So, okay. so the first one is is the legal side and okay. any implications with legality. So let's okay. start there.
0: So obviously it's not illegal to ask a client to refer you (laughs) to other people. One of the things as a financial coach, it's a little easier for me as a financial planner that's licensed. One of the things as a financial coach is that you don't know exactly how the client referred you. So you may have mentioned uh, hey, you should probably start putting money into your 401k because you haven't been doing that yet, right? So that's like the limit of what you said. You didn't say anything else other than, I notice you're not putting any money into your 401k. You should consider thinking that. What that client heard was, my financial coach just advised me on retirement planning and investing in my 401k and how to invest, right? That's what they internalized. Right. And that's what they expressed to the other person. And so it's not something that would automatically get you into a lawsuit or get you into trouble because obviously you didn't do that. Right. But it does open the door a little bit of a crack, right? And that crack can, if it's added with other things, can cause problems. So there's there's no legal problem with it, but you do lose control of the communication when a client refers you. And that's something that you want to be thinking of is what type of legal problems could be opened up by the fact that you didn't control that communication, and how are you going to manage that? Right, that expectation, right, right. Um, of that person coming in, and and how are you going to figure out what that expectation is?
1: Right, right. Do you ask specific questions around that?
0: Yeah, yeah. especially for a client referral. Right. Um, the other side of it is the other side of legal. There are things that you can do with client referrals that increase your chances of, um, that increase your chances of legal problems, right? And that really depends on what you're doing with client referrals. The big thing is, um, the big thing is if you're paying for the referrals that can cause problems.
1: Right. So let's talk about that part of it. Yeah. Paid, and the paid can be through a discount from your program. It could be a gift card, anything with a monetary value, essentially, right?
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so when we think about the idea of paying, I'm not a fan of paying clients for referrals, regardless of anything. And there's a wide variety of reasons for that, not the least of which is most professions. Have a very, very, very strong, um, a very strong um, ban on <laughs> paying for girls.
1: Right. So it's maybe maybe not illegal, but your professional organization that you're a part of may have it in their code of ethics,
0: or your license. Right. So right. you know, attorneys can't do that. Right. Right. Um, it is it is illegal for registered investment advisors, attorneys, psychotherapists, any most, most professions actually, uh, to do any type of revenue sharing with someone who is not in that profession.
1: Right. Someone who's not in the profession, okay.
0: So an attorney can do a revenue sharing agreement with another law firm right? This is very, very common in the practice of law. And and, you, and the key thing here is it's not because they're trying to shut people out, right? It's because oftentimes you have a attorney that works with a client and that attorney, that client gets sued in another state and the attorney is not licensed to work in the other state. So the attorney works with an attorney licensed in that state to be able to represent the client. Right. right? So that, you know, they get the expertise and the ability to appear in court and all the other things that go along with being licensed in the state.
1: Right. So real estate agents do that too. Yeah. Real estate agents
0: do that. Um, You know, financial advisors, right. It is, you you can't do revenue sharing agreement unless the other person is registered because then that person who did the referral is advising on right. So there's there are legal and um and client focused professional standards of why that's the case. It's not just to shut other people out, right? right. At the same time, the reason why those legal and professional standards and everything else exist to stop you from referring, giving referral fees is because there are all sorts of problems from the client side from undue testimonials from all sorts of things. Right. And that's where you could get legal problems because those underlying problems don't change just because you're not in a profession that has that prohibition.
1: Right. Right. And even if you're a good person and you don't intend that to be the consequences, it's still, it's going to happen. Yeah. 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 Because you don't know how honest the other people are really. Exactly.
0: Exactly. And so that's one of the big challenges with with doing client referrals and paying for them. Yeah.
1: Um, now, simple solution: don't play, don't pay. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, I want to add one more thing because I looked up the AFCPE uh, standards of practice. Mm-hmm. For AFC, if, some, and if you're an AFC, then it is listed in their standards of practice, number 30. If you want to look it up. And it says counselors must not accept or pay referral fees. Very plain, very plain yeah. there. Yeah. So and it it doesn't even mention coach to coach. So um, I don't think I've heard of that happening, but um, so no referral fees at all.
0: Yeah. And then the psychological side of it.
1: Yes. So let's talk about that part because that's, that's huge. That's huge. And I know you're, you're like, you love the psychology yeah. uh, behind everything. And I do too. I think it's fascinating. So um, let's talk about that side. Yeah.
0: So on the psychological side, it can really damage your brand. It can damage the relationship with the client and it can feel icky for the client. Right. Yeah. Um, It can damage your brand because you have now taken yourself out of the realm of I'm a professional and put yourself into the realm of, I have a restaurant, a fast food restaurant right? right. Um, and the reason why is because, have you ever been paid a referral fee from your doctor, from your CPA, from your local, from your financial advisor, from your therapist, no. right? None <laughs> of them, right? right? No one has that experience with the professionals in their lives. Right. They have that experience with car dealerships, used car dealerships, so I'm going to be thought of as
1: a used car salesman. That,
0: that you have to keep in mind what is the experience of the average person, right? And who am I, my who are my practices aligning me with? Are they aligning me with their experiences that are consistent with their doctor, their CPA, their financial advisor, their therapist, their lawyer, or are they aligning me with the car salesman? the fast food restaurant down the street right their kids swim class right and there's nothing wrong with any of those businesses right but it's not the type of business that generally a professional services person a financial coach would want to have right, right. and so that's that becomes a big part of just making sure that you're not creating that type of situation yeah
1: anytime you introduce money it changes the psychology
0: (laughs) yeah and so there's the second part right (laughs) The, the idea when you introduce money now it feels like oh it feels like i'm being i'm prostituting my friends i'm no longer telling them because this could really help them Right. Telling them because I'm getting money. And it can actually reduce the rate of referrals. Because this isn't about me helping my friends. This is about you making more money because you're paying me for it. Right. Right. So some people will literally, people will do it because they, oh, that'll get people to do it. Actually, no, there's a good number of people that actually would not do it, but it'll reduce it. And the group that it would reduce are the group that have friends that they identify have the need and want to help their friends, which are the better set of clients, uh, potential referrals, than the group of people who just want to make an extra buck and then refer you out to everyone, regardless of whether they have the need that you fill or not. Right? right? So increasing the chances of getting referrals that you don't want, and decreasing the chances of getting referrals that you do want. Right.
1: <laughs> what if it's not money or a gift card?
0: So there's, so there's a much better way. And this is the third psychological thing that I, um, and that is if you go over to a friend's house and they borrow your truck, you spend all day helping them move, And unpack boxes, and they give you $20. How do you feel? They say, hey, thanks, $20. How do you feel?
1: (laughs) Yeah, um, that's not enough. Right.
0: Yeah. I spent eight hours with you. You think my eight hours is worth $20? That's $2 an hour. (laughs) Not including the use of my truck.
1: Right.
0: Right. If, on the other hand, you spent all day helping them move, and they say, hey, let's have dinner. They buy pizza and beer for $20.
1: Right. <laughs> now, how are you feeling? Yeah. yeah, <laughs> Right. Yeah. It's great. Yeah. It fed me. It's and
0: so when, when we place a dollar, a monetary value on something, right, a clear monetary value, what you're saying to them is this is how much this relationship is worth to me. Right. It's why I love uh, getting... Gift cards, right? Or even giving gift cards in like big groups of people, right? Because you can give one person a hundred dollars and another person a twenty dollar gift card for when they open up their Christmas things, and when they both look at you, say, "Well, that's how many dollars I love each of you." <laughs> and so the and that's what you're really saying, right? This is how many dollars I value our relationship. This is how many dollars I value you telling your friends. Even inexpensive gifts are much about more valuable. My favorite gift to give for a referral. Yep. It's the only gift I give. And it gets the most number of positive comments.
1: All right, let's hear it.
0: <laughs> I write a handwritten thank you note.
1: <laughs> that is what I was gonna ask. Yeah. Exactly. That was gonna be my last question. Is just a handwritten note, a thank you? And a handwritten is the key. Yeah. Yeah. It's personalized. And yeah. people don't get mail like that too much anymore. So yeah. it's a big deal when you do.
0: Yeah. So that's, I mean, that's a, you know, it doesn't have to be big. It it doesn't have to be handwritten. No, it can be the next time you talk to them, just saying, hey, I really appreciate you sending the person over, um. you know, obviously I can't talk about whether or not they became a client and it doesn't matter. I just appreciate that you value our relationship enough to, you know, to, to, refer your friends, right? Yeah. Um, a statement like that is far more valuable than sending a $10 Starbucks card. Right? Right. Right. Um, and so the, the, we are in whether you're a financial advisor, a financial coach, a financial advisor, that's adding financial coaching or a CPA that's adding all of them, it is a relationship business. And you want to think about when you're thinking about, okay, how could I do this? How could I incentivize quote unquote referrals? Which one deepens the relationship more? Is a handwritten note or a really heartfelt thank you the next time you meet with them going to deepen the relationship more or is sending a $5 gift card going to? Right. Right.
1: No matter what place they are in financially, it's, it doesn't matter. It's, yeah. That, that, even a $20 gift card isn't going to, yeah, it yeah. doesn't help the relationship.
0: Again, what is their experience in their outside world? When do you buy gift cards for people? It's when you don't know them well enough and you don't care about them enough to actually figure out what a good gift would be.
1: Now you make me feel bad about teacher gifts, but I always pick the things that they really like. <laughs> I went to like a local store and bought a gift card for a local store.
0: But it's your kid's teacher. I mean, seriously, how much do you know about your kid? Yeah, you talk to them. Oh, well, I volunteer in their classrooms. So. Okay, so you okay? So you may know them a little bit more than the average parent. You didn't have to. You didn't have to out yourself.
1: <laughs> I send heartfelt gift cards. Yeah, yeah, but it's
0: and a gift card can be heartfelt if it's like you know that they really, really love craft beer and you found a local craft brewery. Well, that's um, what I try yeah. to do. Yeah, Yeah. So those types of things can be very heartfelt because they're very specific to the person most people don't do that right. they have a stack of starbucks gift cards and throw it in an envelope Handles on yep. yeah
1: yeah Forget.
0: and you know i would say that a teacher is not as important to the success of your business as a client referral is so it's okay right right yeah good point <laughs> yeah so what other topics did you want to touch on for this?
1: I think that's all the questions. I had, Cause the, the only other thing I was going to ask is depending on your answers was how do I, how do I tell clients about this referral program? But, but well, let's, do, talk-
0: yeah, let's talk about that. How do we talk to clients about it? How do we tell clients? Yeah. Right. So the number one thing that you need to do is stop telling clients not to refer you.
1: Did we and do that?
0: Everyone does that. Like how do, we, how do we do that? Unconsciously, we do that? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> when you get on the phone with a client and you talk to them and they say, hey, how are you doing? You say, well, I don't want to tell you how I'm doing, but I do want to say, do not send me any clients. That would be horrible. If you know anyone who used my services, don't refer me. That is what you say in response. Because what most people say is they talk about how busy they are. Mm-hmm whether it's busy with business or busy with life. Right. And when you say that, what you are saying is, I don't have time for new clients. And if I do take on additional clients, it's going to take time away from our relationship. Right.
1: I've had referral partners even say that to me. Like, do you have time for more clients? <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yeah.
0: And so the first thing to do is stop telling clients to stop doing it. That's the first thing to do.
1: What do you say? Oh, I have tons of time. Send people my way. So
0: uh, first off, I will talk about if people ask how I'm doing, I'll say, oh, great. You know, I'll talk about maybe um, projects that I'm busy with Mm -hmm. at the house and make it very clear. You know, know, my Saturdays have been filled because of this. Right very clear. It's non-work day, right? Right.
1: Right. Okay.
0: Um, this last year, um, I talked about a lot about bringing on a new administrative assistant, a new paraplanner, a new financial advisor, right. I, I've been really busy, you know, bringing them on. Right. So if I, if I'm going to talk about being busy, it's, I, I'm going to control it in a way where it's clear that it's, either a not going to impact them. Right. Right. B very clear that I'm busy because I'm making it so that I can add more clients. Right. I'm free up time. Yeah. And I will explicitly say, yeah. So, you know, right now, you know, I'm spending more time on training, uh, than, you know, I normally do. Uh, but, you know that's what you're that's what you have to do if you want to be able to serve more people and and grow right explicitly say the reason why is to serve more people and grow right
1: awesome you're so subtle you're very good at that <laughs> yeah
0: yeah it, it yeah subtle is important right you want a very uh light brush
1: so one of the things that just sparked a conversation that I had with a client where I was talking about how I was creating videos to help them kind of in between coaching sessions to free up more time for the same kind of thing. And I, I, now that I look back at it, I realize like, I need to talk about that a little differently, but not that I, not that I said, I don't have time for you, but it, but I could use that as my kind of, I'm freeing up time so I can take on more clients, help you more in the background. Cause that's, that's the point of it is to give them, videos they can watch later too. If they like, what what did she say about that? And then they can just go reference the video.
0: Right, yeah. And so, yeah, I mean, you just wanna be smart about it. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Financial Coaches Network Podcast. If you enjoyed it, please subscribe. So you'll be the first to know when new episodes are released. Uh, It also helps iTunes and everything else know that you liked it and suggest it to other people. And if you can think of one person, a financial coach or someone aspiring to be who would connect with what we talked about today, share it with them as well